Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Williams and you're listening to Know Your Own Psychology. After many years building a successful career as a psychologist, I finally realised that it didn't reflect the autonomy and freedom I wanted in both my life and work. As I made plans to begin working for myself, my husband died suddenly and my whole world fell apart. But with a young family to look after and big dreams I did not want to give up on, I took some time and in the middle of the global pandemic, I left my old life behind. Today, I'm a private psychologist, digital course creator, mum to five and best-selling author. My mission is to simplify psychological ideas so that you can know your own psychology, influence all the areas of your life and achieve more meaning, freedom and purpose. Are you ready to be empowered? This is Know Your Own Psychology, the podcast. Hi and welcome back to the Know Your Own Psychology podcast. It's been some time since my last episode, which has kind of been down to the busyness of life and the summer holiday juggle. I know many of you will have struggled during that time. And that is actually what has inspired this latest episode. Today we're going to be talking about meeting the expectations that are set for us across our multiple roles and how challenging it can be to try to be all the things to all of our people and practice self-care while also trying to achieve that elusive balance that we are constantly hearing about. So for all you mums, dads, business owners, employees who are feeling overwhelmed, I'm going to offer a bit of a behind the scenes look into how I'm trying to manage things across the areas of work, business, kids, relationships, self-care and creative tasks. I'm exhausted just saying it. And I also give you my take on what balance should actually be about and give you action steps for you to consider along the way. So let's get into it and maybe grab a notebook or a journal to note down some of your thoughts. Okay, so balance is where we are going to start. First off, I want to be really transparent and say that I am not actually in the camp of people who believe that balance is particularly achievable, at least not for any length of time. Let me explain a little bit on that because this isn't a negative thing. So balance as a concept, if you think about it, is about all things being in a state of equilibrium in perfect proportion. And most of you who will have listened to the podcast before will know what I think about perfectionism. It's an illusion and simply something that holds us back. And it's the same thing here. I believe that we can optimise and do certain things to try to bring our lives and all facets of it into better proportion, but that there are always going to be times when certain things need prioritised or we can be slightly off balance. Like when one of our kids is sick or when we have a deadline at work or we've not seen a good friend for far too long. In fact, one of my kids has been sick overnight last night. So when we can let go of this idea that we must strive for and achieve balance, that balance is something to aim for, I think it gives us permission to do what we need to at any given moment. And just to take that idea one step further, I want you to think about balance, not as balance in your to-do list or across all your roles in life, but as emotional balance. Because what I know from working so closely with people 
is that it's often the length of the task list, which let's face it, we rarely if ever get to the end of, coupled with the number of different hats we're wearing across our roles, that can be the very thing that tips us into a state of overwhelm. And once we're feeling overwhelmed, we're already emotionally dysregulated. And when that happens, all bets are off because we cannot be productive and feel balanced when we are in a dysregulated state. So for me, there's something here in knowing that ticking off your to-do list, getting it right and perfectly balanced every day is simply not the goal in the first place. The goal for me is to know what needs to be prioritised in order for you to stay in an emotionally regulated state because balance is an illusion. Now, full disclosure here, I don't always achieve this regulated state Sometimes I can feel quite stressed and emotional about all the things I feel I'm not doing well enough or achieving, but I've also developed a compassionate stance towards these things. So when I think, oh, I'm not doing enough for my kids, I know it's simply a thought and not a statement of fact. Or when I berate myself for the places I'm not getting to with my business, I can now spend less time wallowing in that place so that I can move forward the next day and keep chipping away. And if I can, for the most part, stay in a regulated state, it benefits me and all those around me who I love. So that's all said, let's dive in and I'll share some of the ways that I try to manage things in my life personally with flexibility and emotional regulation rather than balance. Okay, so the first area I want to tackle is work. Last November, I went back to a part-time position in a large organisation, as well as continuing the private work that I do. And this decision was largely due to the practicalities of making a living and hustling in business through a cost of living crisis. I felt that I wanted to have some security in order to allow me to progress the business. And those of you who are self-employed will know how hard it can be to live with the uncertainty of your monthly income And with children to support, it felt like the right decision for me at the time. Now, I'm not going to lie, initially I was having thoughts that this was a step backwards and that I'd failed somehow. But actually, when I re-evaluated, I realised that what it really meant was that I could subcontract some of my work and continue to push forward with the business with less stress and uncertainty, which would, left unchecked, stifle my creativity and risk-taking. On the flip side... It also meant that I was going to be more time pushed than I had been previously and I would need to adopt some key strategies to manage. So the first strategy that I personally utilise when I'm trying to be clear where this work and my private work begin and end is boundaries. With very few exceptions, I hold pretty strict boundaries between those two, two things. And if things have not been brought to completion during my working hours, i.e. the ones that I'm paid for in the large organisation, then they'll have to wait until I'm next on the clock. This has become easier for me as I've recognised that in my work days I'm productive and busy. And so being off the clock is fine because I'm not sitting on my hands when I am there. And I also try where I can to ensure that work doesn't leach into my home life. I don't check my emails, I don't check my work messages and I have peace of mind that there is nothing I need to do till I'm next on shift. 
So for those of you who are juggling a job and a side hustle, I can tell you that having boundaries means that I can personally concentrate on my business and not my organisation's business when I need to. Now again, I don't always get that right and there will be occasions where things are not quite as boundary does as like them to be, but I'm very aware of it. So here's your first action step. I would encourage you to consider these areas of your life. Get out your journal or notebook now and consider how would you like things to look within your work situation versus how they currently are. Can you think of any possible solutions or boundaries that you might like to consider going forward? Okay, I'll be back in just a minute to talk business. Okay, so let's talk about the business side of things. Now, I know that not all of you will be self-employed, but maybe you would like to be one day. And working in two very separate ways is a challenge for me, make no mistake about it. But I love working for myself. In so many ways, it's a really fun way to make a living. But there's also a responsibility that I hold to my family and my clients. And so to be successful in business, I've had to learn to get better at certain things. So I'm going to share some of those with you now. The first for me is asking for help. This is not something that I find easy. Somewhere along the line, I picked up some conditioning and some expectations of trying to do everything myself. And I see many women in particular trying to do the same. The spoiler here is it's simply not possible. So as I've grown in my business, I've had to ask for help from my partner, my family, and sometimes friends if I need to facilitate certain things. A couple of years ago, I was involved in some TV documentaries. And for one of those, I needed to travel to Plymouth for filming. I couldn't have done that without support, but it would have been really silly to not, you know, take that opportunity up. And so I'm truly grateful for that. And I would encourage you to think about the areas that you might need some support, but simply don't want to ask for help. In my business, I've also had to ask for help for tech tasks that are simply not in my zone of genius. And this leads me to my second business strategy that I utilise all the time. And I'm getting better at that um, day in and day out. And that is automation. So I recently reached out for some support in inbox management and also outsourced some key tasks that I know someone else can do faster and better than I can. This has been really effective at freeing me up for other stuff. But as a small business owner, the challenge that I've faced with this is feeling like you're making enough money in the business to justify it and feeling like I should be doing everything. It can feel really frustrating to pay for outside help when you aren't perhaps hitting the revenue goals that you need to yet, but I've learned that unless I do this, key tasks just don't get done and the business doesn't grow. And so if you're in business or you're thinking about it, just really consider like how might you need to set up your life to support it. So here's your next action step. Get out your journal or notebook again now, hit pause and write down where you could be asking for help. Is it with childcare or household tasks? Where could you be automating things? And please don't get me started on the school email admin and the WhatsApp groups. (laughs) What could you be letting go of? A mum recently approached me on the school run to set up a play date and explained that she'd had a hard time tracking me down, that I wasn't on the WhatsApp group. 
And that's because I simply wasn't on it. These are things that we don't think about, but they do take our energy and our time. And so I'm on that WhatsApp group now, but I am very intentional about how I use it. Okay, so next up is kids. Now, this is a triggering topic for most parents and I am definitely having some challenges right now as my kids hit different ages and stages of their development. It can often feel when they're acting out in some way that we're to blame and so rather than bottle that up, I do try where I can to discuss this with my partner and come up with some ideas as to what we think is going on and some possible solutions. And alongside that, I also allow myself to acknowledge that parenting is just hard and we don't and can't always get it right. But what I would say about that, both as a parent and as a therapist, is that the repairs that we make with our children when things go wrong are far more important than the ruptures. And if all else fails, reminding ourselves that this too shall pass. I find that a very powerful tool in this season of parenting. I was discussing this last night with my KYOP group members and how our kids are at times going to reflect back to us some of our own challenges, but that part of the relational difficulties we face as our kids mature, particularly into their teens actually, is evolutionary as they start to take steps towards their own independence and autonomy. If everything was comfortable, with no tension at all, relationally, it makes it less likely that they start to walk that walk towards independence. And so just remember that, that some of this is normal. Okay, so take out your journal or notebook now and make an honest appraisal of how you would like things to be with your kids, if you have any. What might you be able to do to achieve that? Okay, so next up is relationships and this can definitely be hard to take time for and is often the area that clients tell me that can be the hardest to prioritise. For us having five kids, our struggle is most usually linked to childcare to spend time just the two of us on our own. And ironically, we had far more time together when we lived apart, which kind of blows my mind a little bit. Or certainly more time not just doing the mundane day-to-day stuff, you know. We don't always get it right by any means, but we do try to be conscious if we've been a bit too focused on children to our detriment as a couple. And here's another top tip. We have always been good at communicating with each other. I think that's partly who we are as people and was also partly born out of the fact that we met each other when we were both still in the acute phase of grieving. If we hadn't communicated effectively, it would never have worked. And when relationships aren't going well, usually I find communication is lacking in some way. So one thing that we try to do is sit at night sometimes and simply talk to one another. Now, I know this isn't revolutionary, but we don't watch a series on Netflix and try not to get distracted by phones. This is a hard one for me because I feel like my phone is my work and my work is my life, but taking time to connect like that does make us feel closer. So here's your action step. Get out your journal and ask yourself where things are in your relationship and where you might like them to be. How might you make time for honest communication to boost that feeling of connectedness? Okay, next up is self-care. 
Sometimes I think I'm not too bad at this and other times I really do struggle. Self-care activities for me are things like swimming outside, getting my nails done, hair done, things that make me feel better, running with a pal. But if something else more important comes up, I am terrible for putting myself to the bottom of the pile. And I bet some of you listening are very similar to that. Actually, I am going on holiday on Monday, which I can't wait for. And me and four of my closest friends have been saving for this holiday for five years. It's for a big birthday. And we met last week to kind of make some plans and think about things. And one of the things that we were speaking about was how guilty we feel as mums and partners leaving our kids behind or leaving our partners to look after them. But I really do think that self-care is one of these things that, though it's banded about as this thing to do, if we don't do it and our own cup isn't full, it makes it very hard to show up for people in a way that is meaningful and fully connected. So next action step is, what self-care would you like to prioritise that you aren't currently And how can you book some of that in? I'd really encourage you to stop and pause at this point and just go and book something. What have you not done for a long time that you know makes you feel better and boosts your self-esteem and how you feel mentally? Okay, last section of the podcast today is on creative tasks. And for me, I'm thinking specifically about podcasting and writing. Now, full disclosure, I am in a season of my life where I both really love being creative, but struggle to find the time to do it. I mean, I am recording this on a Friday, had planned for it to be out earlier in the week on Tuesday, and my kids could quite possibly come through the door of my bedroom at any moment because they're off school. Again. And in actual fact, as I'm sat here, I can hear them going in and out the front door, playing with their pals. So maybe you can hear the door banging. (laughs) The way I look at this is I want to make time for creativity and my passion projects. My podcast and the book I'll be publishing with Hay House are my passions and so when I find the space these will be my go-tos. I also don't beat myself up when I can't be as consistent as I would like to be because it won't always be this way. So last action step today. Do you have a creative outlet or something that you're passionate about and how might you incorporate more of that into your life. Spend some time and journal into these questions. Okay, so a bit of a different episode today, but I do hope hearing a bit of my behind the scenes and action steps for you gave you some insight into balance and how we can stay regulated and pursue all the areas that make up a good life for ourselves. One more thing before I go, if you would love to know how well you know your own psychology, please head across my website and take my free quiz. You will be sent a personalised report straight to your inbox of the areas that you might want to focus on to build your psychological awareness. You can find the quiz at www.drlaurawilliams.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Know Your Own Psychology. If you loved it, please share it on Facebook or Instagram for your friends and family. And if you really want to help me out, drop a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions, you can email me, hello at drlaurawilliams.com. And if you would like to know your own psychology better, influence 
all the areas of your life and achieve more meaning, freedom and purpose, come and join my growing community over on Facebook. Search Neuron Psychology and make a request.